You're listening to the Ask Drone You podcast. You ask, we answer your drone questions. Whether you're here to turn your passion into profit or you simply fly for fun, we're a community of learners and teachers who aspire to achieve greatness. We are Drone You. Hey everyone, and welcome to another fantastic episode of Ask Drone You. Coming to you from the Mobile Command Center here in Seattle, Washington, and joining me today from the opposite side of the country is Mr. Haya Costello from Drone DJ to bring you this week's drone news. Haya, welcome to the show. Thank you, Paul. And uh, I have to say, I do love your mobile office. It's uh, it's a studio you can pick up and then take pretty much anywhere where the news is. Awesome. We go where the news is. <laughs> I should get one of those uh, vehicles, I think. <laughs> yeah, I think it's time for you to upgrade your vehicle into a monstrosity. That way you can take off land and broadcast from anywhere. That'd be sweet, for sure, for sure. It would. Now, I know this has been a really exciting news week. It's exciting for drone pilots, but maybe not exciting for everyone as we break this week's first news story. Now, I'm sure many of you remember that oftentimes in the aviation world, drones are considered the scapegoats. In fact, you've seen DJI posting this, Drone DJ posting it, we've posted it. But Haya, it seems like the hysteria is really what the media is after when they report negative news on drones, even when it wasn't drones to begin with. What do you have for us this week? Yeah, this, this happens quite a bit, especially when, when people are unsure of what it is that they might have seen. Uh, they quickly point to drones, and that was the same in this situation where, uh, as this airplane, a Boeing 737 from Aero, Mexico, was landing or the, making their final approach, there was a loud bang. And later on, it showed that the uh, radon or the nose cone of the airplane had actually collapsed and cracked. And of course, the first articles that came out, I think the first official one was actually from Bloomberg, pointed to the possibility of the airplane being hit by a drone and it wasn't Bloomberg that came to that conclusion but it was local media that suggested it must have been a drone hit. This took place on December 12th of 2018 so late last year right before all the drone incidents were reported uh, at the airports around Christmas. There were no signs of blood or feathers so a lot of people didn't think of a bird strike right away. It seemed like it looked that a drone possibly would have hit the airplane and that's a storyline that everybody ran with. Now the NTB uh, SC got involved because in the final approach to Tijuana in Mexico, the airplane actually traveled through U.S. airspace. So they got involved in the investigation to try and find out uh, what actually happened. And it seemed that at one point back in 2017, the nose cone was actually repaired. And as part of the nose cone, there is an opening that allows for air pressure to um, how do you say that to stay the same inside that nose cone and outside and especially when the plane comes down of course the air pressure changes and it seems that in this case that opening had been sealed off so you get a massive difference in air pressure inside that nose cone versus the actual pressure outside as the plane is landing and it seems that or at least this is the conclusion it's very likely this caused the collapse and the cracks in that nose cone uh, there were no signs of any bird strikes so they made a swap and looked for bird dna they didn't find any they also didn't find any signs of uh, a drone that would have hit the airplane and they're pretty sure in their conclusion that uh, this was not at all a, a drone collision with with an airplane. Of course, great news for, for all the drone enthusiasts because it kind of proves our point and the point that also DJI has been making for a while is that in the 
reporting on incidents like this, uh, a lot of the media jumps to the conclusion that drones must have been the culprits. And in many cases, uh, it's impossible for it to have been a drone. Uh, think of stories where at 14,000 feet, the pilot saw two drones in formation flying next to the airplane. I mean, those stories are pretty much uh, impossible. Also, people tend to um, misidentify things like birds and plastic bags that they think might have been drones, and it turned out they weren't drones at all. So in this case, we can actually set the record straight. There was no drone involved. Uh, the damage was purely the result of a uh, faulty repair effort on this airplane. And it's something that we want wanted to share. Uh, the journalist from Bloomberg said that if you compare the original story where a drone was blamed for the incident versus the correction story where they say, oh, there was no drone involved, there's a massive difference in the traffic that the article gets. And I think it's right for all those journalists to kind of set the record straight when you learn that it's not a drone, tell people about it, inform them, and uh, yeah, hopefully that will help prevent a negative image for drones and the drone industry in general. Yeah, it seems uh, interesting that the attention is always a drone hits a plane and everyone has this, oh, I knew it was going to happen, so they click the article and read it, yet when they come to find that it wasn't actually a drone, no one seems to care about the article. I think that says a lot more about media in general and the state of mind of our individuals and citizens in this country than anything else. What I will say, though, is if you remember, high on our news shows previously this year, we had discussed this radome on the Boeing 737 from Aeromexico and stated that we did not believe it was a drone and that it looked like there was no evidence that it was a drone, and we were actually correct. Now, it does make sense as well that the NTSB was investigating because it was a Boeing aircraft, which is an American-made aircraft, so it makes 100% sense that the NTSB got involved. Now, that being said, I like the analogy that you use that essentially the radome was crushed because of a pressure differentiation. So it's kind of like when you, you know, you buy a bottle of shampoo in California and then you fly to Denver and you come to find that, you know, the bottle had essentially exploded because of the air pressure change. So very, very interesting but it makes complete and total sense. Now, with that news, it's great. Obviously, drones are not the cause for this problem, but yet we are still the scapegoats, and yet we are still being used as attention grabbers for the media, and frankly, it's unacceptable. But moving on into this next piece of news this week. That's right, the Tulsa police are doing something very unique with drones that even surprised me. Hiya, what do you have? Yeah, before we jump into that, one last thing I want to say about uh, the Boeing story is that uh, Bill English from the NTSB actually said that so far there's only been two confirmed drone collisions as far as they are concerned. One is the U.S. Army helicopter that hits the Phantom drone over Staten Island in New York. And then in September 2017, a small drone, don't know the brand or the make or model, grazed a hot air balloon in Idaho last August. So those are the only two situations confirmed by the NTSB where drones actually were involved with another aircraft. Now jumping to the uh, Tulsa story. This is an interesting one as well. Of course, as uh, a lot of you would know, there's been, uh, I think, close to 200 tornadoes in the last week uh, over the U.S. mainland, causing a lot of wind damage and flooding. Uh, same story in Tulsa, Oklahoma, where a lot of flooding occurred as well. And of course, what you see happening now is a lot of people, hobbyist drone pilots, uh, take their drones out and try to get aerial photos and video footage of those disasters. And it's good and bad. I mean, it's good, of course, to, to 
get footage and have evidence and be able to show people what's going on. The flip side is, though, that you don't want to get in the way of rescue workers and manned aircraft. And in this case, the Tulsa Police Department actually took to social media and posted a video on Facebook urging people to fly within the rules and regulations of the FAA and also to give way to any manned aircraft. Uh, remember that as soon as a helicopter is in the air and they spot a drone flying, everybody has to land their manned aircraft and basically the, the search and rescue operations uh, come to a full stop. That could put people's lives in danger and it's simply not worth it for a hobbyist to, to take uh, some cool photos or video and at the same time block these rescue efforts. So we totally support and agree with this message from the Tulsa Police Department. If you are in those areas, please be aware that there are many manned aircraft uh, operations taking place in those areas and don't interfere with your drones. Just keep out of their way and let them do their job. Definitely. And I believe the new DJI AirSense would help those drone pilots visualize yeah. the manned aircraft around them. When moving into the next story, it seems like DJI is becoming a political enemy of the United States as security concerns absolutely are plaguing the company. And I know for a large or vast majority of drone pilots, these security concerns are not yet having any effect on them. But I will say, Haya, there are some pilots here within our community, only two of 1,500 current students, that are dealing with problems related to the DHS, um, DJI paranoia. What's going on? Yeah, we, we came across a video from uh, the Department of Homeland Security and in that video they're basically saying we are not being paranoid when it comes to the suspicion of products, tech products made uh, in China and used here in the US. And of course it, it, it doesn't only apply to drones, I mean in the video they do talk about drones specifically, but uh, for instance they even talk about subway cars that are built and manufactured in China but then to be used in for instance New York City and Washington DC. Even though subway cars, they uh, contain sensors and uh, communication equipment and potentially could be used to pass on information to China, to the Chinese government. So it's a much bigger issue than just DJI and drones. Uh, of course, Huawei is another victim of this uh, whole story. It can be good for DJI. It's it's definitely not good for the drone industry uh, in general. Uh, we hope it will um, yeah, go away uh, sooner rather than later. But there are serious concerns. And uh, DJI came out, of course, with a statement saying, OK, these are the steps you can take to make sure that none of your data is able to leave your aircraft and, and make its way to China. They also, of course, say that none of your data would ever even make it to China. They're obviously concerned about this, uh, this um, story in the media and how it might uh, negatively impact their brands. Um, I think it's bigger than that. I think, of course, it also impacts the drone industry in general in a negative way. So uh, we hope that this will pass uh, sooner rather than later. Yes, we do hope that will pass sooner rather than later. I will say it's really interesting because, you know, this is not really affecting a large majority of operators. And it seems like it's a very political um, stance as of right now, but there are deep-rooted concerns, and we do know that there was evidence in the past, albeit there were supposed to be changes to fix things. You know, if I want to say again, you know, 90% of operators are not getting affected by this, and there's no cause for concern, no worries. Um, there is some operators who, again, are having um, some difficulty flying in certain areas, but with you know DJI kind of not producing any more 
prosumer, consumer drones, especially the Phantom line this week. And now with the deep concerns of security risks with DJI, it seems like there is a very, very large opening and opportunity for an American uh, drone manufacturer to come out and kind of provide that all-in-one solution that would essentially appease the concerns of the American government. Now, this type of drone may only work for, let's say, 5% of the drone community as a whole, but it could definitely provide a competitive advantage for those drone pilots who want to work in sensitive areas or technical aspects. So, you know, if you're an American drone manufacturer, it's really going to be interesting to see what Impossible Aero does, what Easy Aerial does, what Autarian does. There is a lot of new people rising quickly. We're seeing a lot of investment going into American manufacturers right now. So it's really, really interesting. So if you're an American drone manufacturer, we all would like a nice portable quadcopter with a global <laughs> shutter. Okay, just I'm just letting you know this all right rtk gps and uh 4k 60 all right we would love hrs you know a hyper frame rate we would love that anyway i'm just getting dreamy yeah. here hiya i'm really sorry but uh as we speak of drone manufacturers it seems like parrot is actually yeah. coming to the table to say hey we are ready to compete so what do you have coming out out of france <laughs> yeah, no, Parrot uh, totally jumped on this opportunity, and uh, I fully agree with you that uh, I wish there were more drone companies, either Western European or American drone companies, that could jump into this opportunity with DJI being under fire. However, Parrot's got a great opportunity. As you all know, they launched the Anafi uh, early last year, and it's a great drone, but we're not quite sure how well it has done since. What we do know is that uh, Parrot laid off about 100 people in their drone department, which of course is not good news. That was late last year. So you can only imagine how happy the uh, the French drone maker must be right now that they were selected as one of six companies to actually work with the US military to develop a small uh, spy drone, if you will, something small, light, and portable. There is a 11 million fund available for the development of this drone. In total, six companies are involved. Parrot is one of them. There's no word whether DJI would uh, be one of the other five. Very, very likely, of course, they wouldn't be. And the assignment basically is to develop a unmanned aircraft that can fly for about 30 minutes and have a range of almost two miles. And the drones must weigh uh, less than three pounds and should be assembled in less than two minutes and must fit in a standard uh, backpack for the army. So they're looking for really a small portable drone that's easy and quick to deploy, which of course the Anafi already is, and that can help to scan out areas and help to protect uh, the military. So. We're very much looking forward to uh, to what's going to happen in this area. Uh, of course, a big part of the drone industry is the military application of drones. Parrot is getting into this now in the US, and I think that having that close relationship with the US government should only help that French drone maker going forward. So hopefully this serves as somewhat of a lifeline. Now, lifeline may sound too dramatic, but hopefully it's going to get them help them back in the saddle. And we would love to see more drones coming from Parrot into the US market, of course. Yes, we would. It is really interesting, though, the parallel that, you know, in the standard aviation industry, Airbus, a French manufacturer, and Boeing, an American manufacturer, really take the reins when it comes to the aviation industry as a whole. But when it comes to the UAV industry, it's the Chinese and the French. It's just a very, very interesting parallel, Haya. But I'm excited to see what Parrot comes out with 
for the U.S. military, and it would be very, very awesome slash interesting to see if there is a consumer version of the same drone available to drone pilots here in the United States. Now, as we move on in this week's drone news, we are back to DJI releasing a new product, which I honestly think is hugely foreshadowing what should be coming out of DJI maybe at the beginning of next year or at the end of this year at Airworks. Haya, what do you have? Totally agree. Uh, the DJI Manifold 2, which is an onboard computer processor for the Matrice 210 and 600 drone series and would basically allow you to uh, manufacture a autonomously flying drone. Now, I agree with you that uh, DJI Airworks, which is going to be in uh, Los Angeles later this year, I think it's uh, late September, if I'm not mistaken, 24th through 26th, I think. This might well be one of their centerpieces uh, of that convention uh, showcasing the Manifold 2. It's going to be it's already available actually on the DJI online store and there are two different versions uh, a CPU version that's going to retail for almost $1400 and a GPU version is uh, slightly less expensive at $1100 basically it's going to bring a lot more computing power to your drone allowing you to do a lot more of that heavy load work on board the aircraft before sending it off to a, a controller or to your laptop I think also it's going to allow many enterprise customers to launch custom applications and software on their drones and basically uh, start using drones in ways that we haven't been able uh, to see before. So we're quite excited. Uh, we're very much focused on Airworks to learn more about how companies have been using this uh, this new Manifold 2. And yeah, I mean, I think it's uh, it's another big step basically in the development of drones and the application of drones in, uh, in different industries. I couldn't agree more. It was really interesting seeing the auto modality um, yeah. uh, showcase and presentation at Airworks last year and showcasing how they were using an M, uh, M210 with the original manifold and what they were doing for fully autonomous operations. But Haya, I think this manifold too actually foreshadows the ideology of DJI in general, which is not only to produce fully autonomous vehicles, but it is also to produce vehicles that can carry LiDAR. LiDAR is something that essentially writes and processes data almost instantaneously. So as you're shooting, you know, the, we'll say the laser around, whatever, in a circle, you have to process that data on board. It's not something that you, you know, take raw data and then process later on. So I think that this Manifold 2 is actually going to open the door to significant operations only if the FAA will get out of the way and allow them to happen. So, <laughs> Always wonder when the FAA comes back into the story, right? <laughs> that is true. And as we talk about the FAA, I say that we end this week's show discussing that because coming up yeah. this week is the FAA Symposium. And I know I will be there. Will you be there as well, Haya? Yeah, there at least Monday and Tuesday. So uh, looking forward to seeing you there. Looking forward to hanging out with my man. I'm just kidding. Yeah, man. <laughs> I'm excited to see you too, Hyatt. In a mobile studio, perhaps, or <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, yeah, we will see. Um, I know that we are already scheduled to do multiple podcasts with the FAA, so we're really excited about that. And we're also really excited to give you some foresight into what to see regulatory-wise or legislative-wise from the FAA this week. Very excited about it. But hi, I just want to say one more time, really appreciate having you on the show. Thank you as always. And I am genuinely excited about seeing you next week. 
Awesome. Glad to be on the show. And uh, likewise, looking forward to F- to the FEA Symposium next week. And I think uh, the show next week is going to be all centered around uh, news coming out of the FAA and how that's going to impact hobbyist drone flyers around the country. So stay tuned and be sure to check the next episode as well. Sounds good. Hiya. Thanks again for joining us. And thank you to the listeners for always supporting us and supporting the news show. Please don't forget to subscribe and like our video. And if you really want to help us out and help the industry out as a whole, which means it's helping out everyone, please give the show a share and let us know how we're doing by leaving a review. That's going to do it for us today. Thanks again for watching another news episode with Drone DJ and Ask Drone You. We believe that videos, images, words, and sound have the absolute power to inform, inspire, and entertain. We reject indecision, confusion, and vanity, for they work against the community. We are united under the virtues of safety and knowledge. We are a training community of learners and teachers who encourage and energize each other to achieve greatness. We are pilots, videographers, photographers, freelancers, business owners, enthusiasts, experts, and apprentices. We are creators. We are the Drone You.